Hi, my name is Nicole Maines, a.k.a. Neonal, a.k.a. Dreamer, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to recap the Supergirl panel from the first HomeCon. But before we get to that, we need to catch up on... The News. After we initially talked about the return of Supergirl in the previous episode <laughs> of Supergirl Radio, uh, which was initially released by a trailer... Uh, from the CW. So the CW actually put out a date uh, that was at the end of April. And so we talked about it and, and let everybody know about that date. Well, the network released a new return date for Supergirl, which is now May 3rd. The finale for season five is still confirmed for May 17th. So I just want everyone to know that we didn't get it wrong. It was just uh, changed. So we're uh, very sorry about that. But it, I think they changed it like a day or so after we released that episode of the podcast. I, was like, I no! think so too. We were immediately, uh, immediately behind the news. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, this is interesting. Um, I guess they needed more time for the new episode, maybe to do special effects, or maybe they needed to change the schedule around for... Uh, what was going on with other shows, not really sure, but the network did release a new return date for May 3rd. So we've, we've still got a little while to wait for Melissa Benoist's um, directorial debut on the show. So May, everybody, that's uh, that's when Supergirl's coming back, we think. Uh, we're 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 gonna we're gonna hope for May. Fingers crossed. Watch it's, uh, it's the day we release this episode. They're gonna be like June first. <laughs> Supergirl. I've also heard through the grapevine, which is Twitter, uh, that and I so I don't know how reliable that this is. That they're just like recutting all the episodes, and so now it's gonna be a short, even shorter season. So I heard that it's going from like what was it going to be 20 to 19? So there's only three episodes left. Did we talk about that? Yeah, we talked about them uh, possibly. Uh, well, I think we talked about it in terms of a speculative way, because I think we assumed that they would be one episode less because um, they did shorten it from, I think, 22 to 20. And now I think it's just 19. Um, and yeah. I, I did read something similar that uh, I think there was an interview with Nicole Maines that came out that said something to the effect of they are reworking that final episode to have some kind of finale. Because I think they 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 hadn't shot a couple of scenes that they needed for the finale. They, they almost got finished with the finale. 
Um, but I think they've found a way to have an end to the season. So uh, maybe that maybe that's part of why they pushed the uh, the return date back. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I'm my guess is that they're probably having to re-edit like a bunch of a bunch of the episodes to to make them all come in on time and like make sense. Oh man, I can't, I can't even imagine. Although, like in, in I guess in my ideal world, they like the end of the episode comes and they're like what is Leviathan? And then it suddenly cuts to somebody like in their home with like a zoom background and they're like, <laughs> Leviathan it. <laughs> what if they just, what if no, they, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What if they just cut to a zoom meeting and it's just one person in there and they're like, Hey, I'm the head of Leviathan. I mean, let's be honest, like with how interesting Leviathan it has been this season, can't you see them doing everything through like zoom meetings, <laughs> like unsecured zoom meetings too? <laughs> that that's how Cara finds out. She like zoom bombs their meeting, <laughs> Leviathan's meeting. <laughs> oh man! Well, they are uh, related to a tech company, so I guess that would make sense. Uh, but yeah, that would be that would be a good way to end it. Just uh, a random person in a Zoom meeting is now the head of Leviathan. I <laughs> look that would be a good twist. I think it would be a good twist. I wouldn't have seen it coming. It would not have been set up, but I wouldn't have seen it coming. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see how the season ends. I'd be very curious to know like what they what they had to rework. You know what what they didn't get to, what they wanted to do. So I, I maybe that's conversations for uh, a later date. But uh, it's for, for historical purposes. Uh, maybe some sometime down the road, I'd love to ask some questions about what happened to season five because I think there are <laughs> going to be some changes that are going to have to be made in in some of these situations so uh just just out of curiosity's sake I, i'd wonder what what got changed what got cut uh so it is very strange and i i don't envy their position and uh, so you know i hope i hope they do as as well as they can and uh, i'll try to remember that when i <laughs> when we uh when we review the finale because uh, we may have to show them a little grace for the end of season five. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hate it for them because I, I know how much work goes into making these shows. And, you know, this is something that you can't anticipate and nobody can really do much about. So uh, so it's not a position that I, anybody would want to be in or uh, to, to wish upon anyone else. So... Uh, it sounds like, though, that they are doing the best that they can, and they're uh, trying to figure some things out. So hopefully uh, it'll work out in the end. All right, so I think we need to get to HomeCon and talk about the Supergirl panel that was there. Uh, so, Morgan, uh, how after after our um, initial introduction to home con through the, the home con website, <laughs> which was not uh, super helpful... I guess we could say, uh, how, how was your home con experience? My home con experience was fine. <laughs> I think, uh, it went better than I thought I will say. So I watched two home con panels on Friday. I watched the Winona Earp panel and besides, um, the moderator saying the name of like the main ship on the show, very strangely, mm. instead of way hot, she was like, why hot? And I was like, why would you think that, like, the combination of, like, Waverly and, like, Hot would be why? <laughs> huh. 
instead of way, which made me think that she was maybe not as super familiar with the show. <laughs> maybe. Uh, hmm. Uh, overall, a fun panel. And then, and then I watched the Supergirl one on Saturday. Um, I like it was a good panel. I will say they started like ten minutes late and they stopped like five minutes early. Uh, and I was like. Okay. Yeah, they have to <laughs> keep to a schedule. Uh, I I understand that. Um, but yeah, and maybe they only meant to have it be forty five minutes. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I did get a little frustrated that with that because I was like, "Come on, guys, it's been ten minutes." Uh, so I I usually try to be punctual about those kinds of things. So uh, I guess that's me just being really um particular about people being on time. But, uh, yeah, so that was a little disappointing that it was only about 45 minutes. But they did have a good panel. It was moderated fairly well. They seemed to have a lot of fun. And the chat was booming. Oh, my God. The, 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 the chat was, was so um, active that it was almost difficult to see anything actually happening, like, going on. Yeah, eventually Twitch went into, like, a slow mode. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that where like you could only ask a question and then you had to wait like 30 seconds or a minute or something before you can ask again. Yeah, that that I will say that is the nice thing about Twitch is that it does slow it down enough so that it's readable. Uh, so I, I did put a few questions in there. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I, I think, I think my question had to do with Judith Light. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we asked about Judith Light. I think we asked about Kelly Olson and the News Gal Legion. Uh, so we really, we were trying to ask the really important questions. Uh, they did not answer them though. Uh, but they did talk about lots of things in that short 45-minute period. So I guess we could start talking about uh, some of those things. So uh, they initially started talking about uh, everybody's quarantine life and what they were doing uh, over quarantine, which is actually interesting because uh, actors can't go to work, and I don't know that they can work from home. Maybe they can do some voiceover work. So it was interesting to hear what they had to say, Julian Gonzalo uh, said something about how she had time to do the things that she didn't think she had time for before. Um, uh, and Nicole said she broke down and got Disney Plus. So that's a really productive. <laughs> yeah, apparently Nicole watched The Mandalorian. Good choice. Yes. Solid choice. <laughs> yes. So um, that's a good use of your time in quarantine, uh, this quarantine life that we all find ourselves living in. So. Uh, so it does sound like they're trying to be productive. Uh, Julie also said that HomeCon was her first con, was her first convention. So that's interesting that her first convention of sorts was a like digital virtual online convention. Uh, so I, I assume that once everything gets back to normal, she'll be doing a lot of these. Uh, because, yeah, she, because did, did she say she was like not social enough to do to do cons? Yeah, well, I think I think she I mean, she would fit right in uh, with the convention circuit uh, convention circuit at this point. Uh, so hopefully we'll see her at conventions in the future. Um, they also talked about the real world versus uh, the season five theme with technology. And uh, I don't know that I fully understood that answer and kind of what they were talking about, because Julie said something about how oh, you know, the, the writers really saw the future with all of this stuff. And yeah, I was like, how? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
So I guess maybe she was talking about like the virtual reality aspect of it and how people can get sucked into the games. Or are we all in in Obsidian right now? Are we all in the VR in like a burrito somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean that's a good point to think about like what you know what if the life that that those characters are living in, you know, it's hard to know what is real and what is what is true if you're stuck in that VR. Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't hit on the fact that like what we've talked about was, uh, more related to the fact that we're reliant on technology now more than ever, uh, especially, you know, our lifetimes. Uh, so I, I think it's weird they didn't talk about that, but, um, they did sort of hit on the technology theme of the season. Uh, so Morgan, do you want to take us through the next question? Uh, they basically asked what quality of your character that you admire or wish you had. Uh, Ozzy, who plays our, our girl Kelly Olsen, <laughs> uh, talked about how Kelly is kind and she's empathetic and she can um, stand in the face of extreme trauma and turmoil and keep a level head. Uh, she also thinks that Kelly leads with her heart. Um, and she said that she, Kelly is who she wants to be when she grows up, which is which is really sweet. I, I liked how she talked about Kelly Um it like made me appreciate the character. Like I think even more knowing like how much the actress likes playing her. I think Kelly as a character has gotten better over time. Cause initially I would, I, it took a while for me to warm up to her. Cause when she first came on the show, show she was very cold. She was like, no nonsense. She was like, I guess my brother is dying. No big. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So she changed Weird energy here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She changed as a character. Um, it fairly quickly though, within a couple of episodes, once they got over the 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 trauma that James and Kelly had experienced over their father's death and so I think now I can I can see the 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 Kelly that Ozzy is talking about and so I think her description of Kelly is is pretty uh spot on there and um yeah I'm, I'm glad that she enjoys the character she plays and uh, thinks that she has some good qualities, so that that's nice to hear. Yeah, I only wish that she had talked more about what she thinks Kelly does at Obsidian. <laughs> <laughs> if she was like, you know what I really like about her is that she leads with her heart, and also this is her exact job title at Obsidian. <laughs> that would have been great for me. I'm just trying to draw the Obsidian org chart, and it's very hard right now. <laughs> Save that for uh, if we ever get a chance to talk to Ozzy. Uh, on Supergirl Radio, save all of the what does Kelly do questions for that, and maybe we'll get them answered. We'll ask the hard-hitting questions, that and about the uh, the news gal legion. Oh my gosh, that would be the best, because she may not know about the news gal legion. We could impart that knowledge, and then she can come back season six and be like, writers, why don't I have a legion of news gals? See, now we're going to talk about that because they did talk about the relationship that uh, the actors have with the writers. And I guess maybe, um, I guess we could go to that right now while we're here. So uh, they asked the question, do actors have any say in the scripts? And Julie actually suggested that Andrea should speak more Spanish because she's Andrea Rojas. So, yeah. uh, so she has been the one to get... Andrea to speak more more Spanish. Uh, Julie thinks that Andrea Rojas, though, is from Central America in the comics, which is not true. She's actually from Mexico City in the comics, so I don't know exactly where she gets the Central America 
something. Yeah, she might have forgotten where exactly Andrea was from in the comics. Honestly, I I had as well. <laughs> uh, but she did say the show writers also wrote Andrea as being from Argentina because that's where Julie is from. So that's that's good to know that's that they cool. that they used uh, a lot of Julie's suggestions and kind of took inspiration from Julie. And of course, Nicole talked about reality bites and how um she worked with the writers on that episode and she also mentioned i thought this was interesting that uh nicole mentioned that she and the writers threw around the idea that the guy who attacked yvette in the episode reality bites was in the children of liberty oh that would have like tied it into last season very and the world of the show well, why did why did they not do that? <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, "Why? Why didn't you do that, that?" That would have that would have made it like a Supergirl story, like a Supergirl TV show story. Yes. Yeah, that's a strange. I mean, I like that they thought that idea. They should have kept going with it, though. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that that was not something that they went with, but uh that you know shows that they had to make those choices so there are some things that the actors can suggest so maybe at some point ozzy will be like news gal legion we need to do it uh so we just need we just need to make her we aware just need of it to like plant the seed and then watch <laughs> it grow into a beautiful turtle girl turtle girl kelly olsen <laughs> one day it's gonna happen back to the uh qualities that they admire so uh Andrea um, had to clarify if she was talking about Eve or Hope, which I like started really cracking up about because I was like, Hope, Hope, Hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she said that she loves Eve's quick changing nature. And then she said, like, you never know who she's going to be or where she's going to be. So I realized in that moment that Eve is kind of the Carmen Sandiego of Supergirl. <laughs> So, so what quality of hope do do you admire? I think it's her homicidal tendencies, really. <laughs> <laughs> but also her loyalty. Like she's, very she's in it. She's in it till the end, man. Like you get a, you get a friend like Hope. You know, one that you can program yourself, and <laughs> you have a friend till the end. She will take a bullet for you or go to jail on your behalf. Or she'll have someone else take a bullet for you. She's like, Eve would love to be shot for you. <laughs> Eve's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's way more accurate on the hope front. So good. Um, so Nicole said um, she uh, she talked about how much Nia has been through and um, – the thing how many things have kept happening to her uh she thinks nia is willing to put others before herself and to put her own issues aside and then she also thinks uh that she likes that nia is dedicated to truth justice and doing the right thing um and then julie talked about uh how much she likes teleporting <laughs> <laughs> which fair girl we haven't seen that much of uh andrea or akrata doing that here lately she did a lot of it in the first half well i think there was some question that we had about whether or not like post-crisis post-amade uh <laughs> akrata can or andrea can teleport like i think we finally saw her do it in the was it the last episode or the episode before that she seemed confused about it but then they never really went back to it yeah she was kind of like i can teleport yeah and, but then she yeah exactly there was no explanation <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> um she thinks andrea rojas is a strong confident character 
And she loves playing that because she doesn't think she's like that in real life. I agree that she is a confident character, but I really, I, I think that what Julie should suggest to the writers, since she has imparted some suggestions to them, uh, Andrea should be more attentive to the goings on of Obsidian. <laughs> I, I don't think she's really following up on what, what's actually happening with her company. So that that's what I would suggest. That would, I think would make her a stronger, more confident character if she was really like handling the business. Uh, so that that would be something that I, I mean, if, if they wanted my opinion, that's what I would suggest. Um, okay, so they also asked the question if they could take one thing from the set, what would it be? Uh, so Andrea Brooks addressed the fact that in our interview, uh, Nicole talked about how she took Eve's little cat uh, thing from her desk. Yeah, I um, I freaked out because first off, this confirms that um, at the very least, Hope has heard a, uh, like a little portion of our podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, is everything worth it? Sure, maybe. <laughs> Well, she she did reveal that she's she thinks she saw it on Twitter, which means Ooh. that either uh, our podcast tweet uh, got passed around or someone referenced it uh, in a way that it got Andrea's attention. So I just thought that was pretty funny that that whole thing. I don't think I don't know that anybody would be talking. I, I mean, I don't want to brag on Supergirl Radio, but I don't think anybody would be talking about. <laughs> Nicole or Nia really stealing things from around Catco unless we asked that question. I think it was our, you know, kind of silly question that opened up that conversation. So that's why silly questions are always recommended. Yeah, we don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but I mean, Hope did reference us. So. <laughs> I um I flipped out at that moment. I think I was like texting you and I was like, oh my God, she's talking about our interview. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really, really fun. Um, Andrea also guesses that Eve, uh, because of Nia taking uh, her stuff, uh, that Eve probably never gathered her things properly when leaving CatCo, which seems right. Uh, it, it seems like at some point Eve, Eve was done with CatCo. I guess at some point she, she joined Lena and her science experiments and she was kind of over, over CatCo by that point. So she, she must've just, uh, pieced out af after that and didn't really go back for her stuff. Uh, Julie talked about wanting to, uh, take some of the wardrobe they talked a lot about uh stealing things from the wardrobe nicole tried to get the blue dress that nia wore on her date with brainy in season four which was actually apparently tailored specifically for nicole so i don't know why they didn't just give it to her uh if nobody else was really going to be able to wear it uh on uh andrea talked about how wardrobe has uh, clothes on lockdown so they really can't go in and <laughs> steal, steal some clothes she she did say she tried to get the pinstripe dress and a pair of high-heeled boots that eve wore so uh yeah eve, eve's worn some pretty uh great stuff so i can see why she's she's tried to get in there in that uh wardrobe lockdown yeah i would try it too ozzy though i think had the the funnier uh response to all this ozzy said uh she's never tried to take any of kelly's shoulder pad blazers because they don't share the same fashion <laughs> style which i had never really thought about with kelly that's so funny she does wear a lot of blazers <laughs> well she's you know she's 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 business kelly uh, she's got things to do. 
Uh, they did also talk about preparing for dual roles, and they referenced Ma'alafaak. Oh man, Ma'alafaak. <laughs> that can't that can't have been this season. It was this season. No, I I refuse to accept that. <laughs> It feels, it feels like, like so it was long so long ago. ago. <laughs> it was a million years ago. It uh, it only uh, Malefic only lasted for a couple of episodes, and then he went away, never to be heard again uh, from any you know any characters on the show. And it just it feels like that was last season. It feels like a a long long time ago since we've seen Malefic or, or Malefic is how how they say it on the show, <laughs> but uh. But I had totally forgotten about that whole thing at the beginning of season five. So uh, that was a recap for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ozzy talked about how she loves to play bad characters. A lot of actors will say that. They enjoy playing the bad characters. Um, she And she, what I thought was more interesting in her response to this is that she liked to be able to make physical choices. So when she talked about how Kelly and uh, Kelly was... Um, being played by Malefic. Malefic was uh, shape-shifting as Kelly. She talked about how, uh, Ozzy talked about how she tried to play Malefic as more robotic versus playing it as smooth. And uh, she made the choice that she wanted her Malefic not to blink, uh, that he uh, that he was not going to be a blinking character and that he would have a monotone voice and that he would mimic behavior instead of feeling things. So I really appreciated Mm. that she made acting choices. Like she actually took the time to think about how she wanted to play that. And I, I think that made it pretty convincing. Yeah. That's really, that's a really cool. Like the, the blinking thing was super interesting when she said that. Yeah. I guess uh, that makes it more alien, I suppose. I mean, yeah, it would probably freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did say that uh, Ozzy knew that if she creeped Kyler out, that she, her choices were working. She made the right choices. So I, I thought that was really interesting just from a, a, an actor perspective because those are the things that I I find interesting when they talk about, you know, how do they wrap their brains around their characters and why do they make the choices that they do because – if it if it's a good actor, you won't see it necessarily because it'll just be there. Um, but it's cool to be able to you know hear an explanation of why they do what they do, and then go back and watch it uh, to see them make those choices. So I, I thought that was really interesting. That is really cool. Andrea also talked about dual roles because she plays uh, two of the greatest roles on the show: uh, Eve Tesmagar and <laughs> Hope the AI. And Andrea talked about how. She- how she can't really prepare for Eve and how she obser- operates off of instinct, which seems correct for Eve. I think Eve would also operate off of her instinct. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that with Andrea, she, she said that she tries to keep Eve's soul consistent because she thinks she knows what what that is for Eve. She knows Eve's soul. So that, I think, is something interesting that I think will be really neat to track you know, over the course of the show, like what what is the consistent aspect of Eve that Andrea is trying to to pull through uh, the seasons and through the episodes and even through the times that she's playing Hope? What what is she? I, I'd be curious. I'm, I kind of wanted somebody to push a little bit more on that question because it's one thing to say I know Eve's soul, but I wanted to be <laughs> like, well, what do you think Eve's soul is? What do you think that is? 
uh, but there was no follow-up to that question. So that'll that'll be another uh, question we, we marked down on our Super Bowl Radio uh, wish list. Uh, because that that's something that I really wanted to know that didn't get answered. Yeah, I I was wondering also like did did anybody ask her like how much of Eve is in there when she's Hope? No, I don't think so. That's a question that I would love to know. Like when Hope is like, <laughs> don't worry, Lena. Eve would love to sacrifice herself. <laughs> is is Eve like yes? That's what I want to do too. Or is Eve inside going no? <laughs> That's that's a question I think that would be really awesome to ask Andrea. And I think uh, maybe if uh, if she's got some free time due to quarantine, uh, maybe we should pursue trying to get uh, a chance to ask her these questions because uh, I think we we have a lot of questions, and I think we could we could really dig deep really dig into Eve's soul and figure oh, out yeah. what's going on there. Like inside the actor's studio. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pick your favorite curse word. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I think uh, we, we will definitely be uh, trying to see if we can get some of those questions answered because we just, we have so many. Um, there was also a question that someone asked about when will Nia and Brainy get back together? Nicole thinks Nia and Brainy are a fun pairing with a lot of potential, and she likes doing those scenes with Jesse. Had a lot of good things to say about Jesse. Uh, Nicole thinks that a lot of their problems are <laughs> miscommunication, and if they could just get on the same page, they'd probably be an unstoppable duo, which is probably true. Yeah. Uh, that if they just kind of <laughs> learned how to communicate, it would be fine. Uh, Nicole also thinks that there are opportunities to explore the dynamic between Nia and the uninhibited Brainy, which I thought was a really good point because that's, that's something that hasn't really been explored. And so that, I think that would be a, a good story for the two of them to see how that dynamic would play out. Cause we've seen more of Nia and just kind of, uh, OG Brainy. Is that what we're yeah. Thinking? I guess I guess I don't don't know but uh, but we really haven't gotten to see more of that uninhibited uh classical looking Brainiac 5 so I would be interested in that uh and Ozzy uh talked about uh, Nicole and how invested Nicole is in the stories and um how her uh how she's invested in her character of Nia and they talk about the scripts in their group chats which I thought was a really a uh, good insight into the actors that especially with Nicole, she's, she's really invested in the show, really invested in the character that she plays. And I think that's awesome. And I, th- I don't know about you, Morgan, but I, I can really tell that Nicole cares about the show. She cares about what she's doing and the stories that they're telling. So I thought that, I thought that that just, um, that made sense to her character and to uh, her as a person that she would care so much about that, that she would text everybody else in their group chats and be like, what's happening to Nia? Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Because, <laughs> you know, some actors might just think that their characters, of their role that they play is just a job. Um, but it seems like it matters a-, a lot to Nicole. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And I think we could tell that when we had that interview with her where she, you know, she was dropping comics knowledge and obviously she did her homework before she, you know, started Supergirl. So she, she, she does seem to care about Nia a whole bunch. Yeah. I think it's pretty evident. I think. Oh, did we do the, how much the writers? Yeah, I guess we did. Oh Um, no. No, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different question. Yeah. That's how much the writers share with the actors. Yeah. So they did talk a little bit uh, more about the, 
relationship that the writers have with the actors and how much the writers actually share with the actors, which is a good question because some show, I mean, shows operate a little differently. I know, like, for example, on Lost, the showrunners told Matthew Fox everything, like beginning to end. He knew where Jack was going to end up at the end of season six, but nobody else really kind of knew Jack's story, but like he knew the whole thing, what was going to happen. And I think other characters, other actors on the show, they kind of knew certain things, but they, they might not know that they were going to get killed off until, you know, a week before or something. But so some, some shows operate a little differently. So uh, Ozzy talked about how the showrunners on Supergirl will call them before the season starts, let them know what their characters are, are uh, what their character arcs are going to be. And that right now they already know what's going to happen in season six. And if anything changes, they will get real-time updates. So that's actually really interesting to know that they they go into the season knowing where things are heading. Um, it does make me a little sad for them because sometimes I'm like, oh, they might have told you something, but I don't know if it <laughs> ended up, <laughs> you know, being executed the way you probably thought. it. Because I, I do feel bad for them sometimes when the... There's not, I mean, we've talked about it in season five, is that some characters don't seem to have a real arc. Like, they have occasional storylines in some episodes, but they don't have a real arc that goes throughout the whole season. So, I, I don't know what the showrunners tell them before the season start, but I wonder if, you know, I don't know. I just, I can't imagine they would be like, well, you're going to get this one big episode, and then we're kind of not going to use you for a while. So, <laughs> and then you're just gonna kind of disappear. <laughs> you're kind of being gonna be in the background sometimes, and I know you play Supergirl, but you're kind of not gonna be doing anything. <laughs> and there are some other reporters on the show that are gonna do your job, and you're just gonna have to be there in the background. So uh, that's that's really uh, where we see you heading in season six. <laughs> it's gonna be great, but also. <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't know i guess i was being critical when i when i heard this question because i i just thought what what do they tell them what what is that conversation like? like i just got really curious about what that conversation would go like uh and what they would tell them so that's interesting to know that that's how uh supergirl does operate because i know with arrow they would usually tell Stephen Amell things. I don't know that they would tell other actors things. Like I know with Katie Cassidy, when they killed off Earth One, Laurel Lance, they didn't tell her she was going to get killed off until, oof. I mean, it was not not a long time in advance before oh, she, no. she got killed off. Um, I want to say it was maybe two days or a week or something before it happened. Like it was not a lot of prep time so uh so on arrow like Stephen amell got told things pretty early on but i don't know that everybody else did so it sounds like with supergirl they tell everybody everything so that's kind of cool to to see a difference there we did get some teases for the end of season five uh nicole teased that all all of the disconnected storylines come together in the finale which i don't know about you morgan but <laughs> i was i was actually relieved to hear that yeah um i was too because i was like uh, we've talked about it there's just so much happening this season uh and a lot of it doesn't seem to relate to some of the other stuff well according to to nicole 
she thinks that all the all the storylines that are seemingly separated out right now are going to come together in the finale so i'm very curious as to how the leviathan stuff with pencil skirt and legs comes into the obsidian <laughs> vr into the uh whatever Kara's doing do we even know what Kara's doing uh the william stuff like how is all of that going to be coming in to the same storyline so that that's going to be something to watch out for uh they also mentioned that melissa's directorial debut features ozzy's first official scene with andrea so it sounds like kelly and eve or hope we don't know uh they're gonna meet for the first time so that's that's exciting so uh i i'm guessing that eve or hope i'm hoping it's hope it makes more sense for the artificial intelligence to be working at the technology the technology company uh so i'm really really hoping it's hope uh but i'm very curious as to what that scene will look like what if she like goes to to eve or hope we don't know and it's just like what's going on with the tickets and 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 <laughs> and, and hope is like i don't know what you mean <laughs> <laughs> Hope has been uh, messing around with those tickets. It, we've we've been blaming the IT department all this time. The engineering, uh, we've been giving them a bad rap. But maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's actually Hope behind the scenes screwing everything up. I mean, uh, she is uh, a little bit of a scamp. So <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she is known to do uh, maybe the wrong thing. Because uh, maybe somebody tells her to do it. <gasps> what if she is a plant? <gasps> like a Luther plant in there. Whoa. I could buy that, though. I mean, would, I'm trying to think of post-crisis Lena. Would Lena... I don't know. I don't know how that makes sense. Because pre-crisis Hope went to jail. Because That's she, true. she took Lena's place. But she's cl- she's clearly on the she's clearly out now. She's made it out. <laughs> so did post crisis hope never go to jail? And did post crisis hope work for Lena Luther? And does Lena does post crisis Lena know of hope? Do we even know there's a hope that exists in post crisis? We don't know that. Oh God, we might be living in a universe <gasps> where there is never hope. No, a universe where there is no hope. <laughs> that is depressing. That's dark, man. <laughs> that is really depressing. Well, let's let's hope that hope somehow hope survives. Uh, but it, <laughs> we may have to uh, watch Eve Tesfogger, which would not be so bad either. But I'm just really I'm convinced that if you're going to do a technology storyline, you have to involve the artificial intelligence robot. I, I know it feels like a, it feels like Chekhov's robot, doesn't it? Like <laughs> yes. it's brought in in the beginning of the season. It was very murderous. And now there's just been a lull where we've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to come back into play. That's how that works. Uh, they did talk a little bit about stunt dub- stunt doubles in the HomeCon panel. Uh, Julie said they do a really great job at editing, <laughs> which <laughs> I appreciated that she gave a lot of love to the editors uh, because that is um, something you have to think Editing's about. Tough man. <laughs> yeah, you have to really think about you know how do you, how do you cut together a scene that has a fight choreography so that you know a, a certain move gets shown at the right time. 
and that is something that you know is is pretty complicated so I'm, I'm glad she gave a shout out to the editors uh what i thought was interesting about this part of the panel is that julie said she had no idea that she had signed up to do action sequences when she came onto the show so that makes me <laughs> that makes me wonder who she thought she was playing did she only sign up to do andrea rojas and she thought that andrea rojas was just this kick butt head of this company did she not know that andrea rojas was a crata in a comic book character hmm. hero i don't know not really sure but that was an interesting aspect of the uh the panel um she also told julie also told a story about when she had to kick a gun out of kyler's hand she practiced it so much she practiced it over and over and over so she would get it right that her hip started to hurt so uh, <laughs> she really put in the the blood sweat and tears on that one and they talked about how the actors get a, quote, cinematic preview of what their stunts will look like. And I couldn't tell if they were talking about a previs like they do in film where, where they will um, either animate it or sometimes uh, uh, stunt doubles, stunt, stunt actors will actually go out and film the scene and they'll cut it together and then they'll show people to sh show the actors what it will look like. So I don't know if they um, if they did it, if the if the uh, cinematic preview was something that they did before they shot the scenes. Or if this was something that was shot and then cut together so they could see before the episode aired. I, I couldn't really quite make that out. But I imagine that it was um, like a stunt choreography team shooting the action sequences so they could see what it would look like uh, so that was cool that they do that uh, with television as well because i know they do that in film quite a bit uh so my favorite question of this whole panel uh is was the next one it was where where is the best place <laughs> so to good. sleep on set i freaked out yeah. <laughs> uh amazing amazing question Wh whoever put that in the chat or whoever came up with that question hats off to you <laughs> so morgan do you want to uh guide us through the uh responses there sure well uh ozzy said that her trailer would be the best place uh which does make sense uh <laughs> andrea uh has had no or andrea Andrea, oh, I'm so used to saying Andrea from there's Andrea an, Rojas. There's, <laughs> a, there's an Andrea and then uh, an Andrea. It's very confusing. It gets very confusing. Andrea uh, apparently has had no naps since she became a new mother, which makes sense. But she also joked that she wished she could say that she had napped on Cat Grant's desk. This is an amazing development. I uh, lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like it's canon now, right? That's that's definitely been established this this is the desk i mean it's a thing like we we didn't make it up now it's part it's a part of the supergirl <laughs> canon that people sleep under the desk <laughs> i mean it's technically not cat grant's desk right now but that desk that's in the catco office might as well be cat grant's uh, desk at this point so i think it is it's amazing that an actor on the show <laughs> uh mentioned very specifically napping under that desk because uh, that is that is the thing that is what we've been talking about for years that's that's what we've known for, <laughs> for so long so it's finally it's I, I feel is it like the kids see uh say um i feel so seen uh that, <laughs> <laughs> with this answer and this question 
so that is really awesome. Uh, they also talked about superhero names. Uh, Nicole suggested that hers would be Meme Supreme, which is actually a really great superhero name. She came up <laughs> that with that. That is a really good one. She came up with that pretty much on the spot, which was really impressive. Uh, so great superhero name. Um, they talked about body swaps and who they who they would want their character to be body swapped with. And Morgan, I'm curious about your thoughts on this because Andrea Brooks suggested that Eve or Hope should body swap with Lex Luthor. What are your thoughts? <laughs> that would be that that means that we would get um, a ducky Lex Luthor who's also Hope. Like, this is maybe, like, my ideal scenario. Like, he comes into the room and, and Lena's like, hey, could you help me with this? And he's like, yes, I would love to help. <laughs> She's like, there's something different about you. And he's like, you look lovely today. <laughs> that would so complimentary be complimentary suddenly. <laughs> uh, but still homicidal still wanting still, to kill still homicidal so that that part tracks across uh still wanting to kill superman and supergirl uh but being really nice to his uh sister uh yeah so i thought that was actually a really great idea that uh maybe they should pursue that on the show for a future storyline um there was a question talking about uh what kelly does uh we're not totally sure uh, but this question was, uh, will Kelly be able to help Kara and Lena through their uh, emotional uh, dynamic that has happened this season? Uh, Ozzy thinks that Kelly has been trying to pull everybody together. And Ozzy is surprised that it took uh, this long to bring a therapist on board the show. Is that what she's doing anymore? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> This is why I need that org chart. Well, I I suppose that she's still helping people in the VR, but I don't know that she's really helped. Well, she helped what? Alex a little bit when That's Alex true. when when young Alex had to get Alex to snap out of the VR. I guess she did do some kind of therapist kind of a thing. Yeah, it was therapy like. Yeah, it was a ther a therapy uh, adjacent. Uh, so there is that. Uh, Ozzy also mentioned that characters on the show don't have peace for very long, which is just <laughs> typical of a, a, a drama story. Uh, Nicole suggested that they have a beach episode to make every everybody okay with each other, which I think they tried to do on Friends in season three, if I remember my friends correctly. I That's what I thought of when I thought about the uh, beach oh, episode. Oh, yeah, I do remember that beach episode. Yeah, that was... Uh, it was not successful, if I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there was uh, also a suggestion for a group therapy scene. So I, I think there are things that you could explore in this suggestion. Uh, so it sounds like Kelly's just, you know, she's a peacemaker, but she can't really succeed too much because they have to have a little drama in the stories. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was some bathroom talk that I didn't really understand uh, in this panel morgan wasn't real sure they talked about like directors being in bathroom stalls and... yeah i think they were talking about a bathroom scene which i was like trying to remember what bathroom scene that they were talking about i could not for the life of me remember it but they were talking about how like when they shoot those bathroom scenes like all the important people like the directors and all like the the dps and stuff i guess are all in the bathroom stalls <laughs> making sure that the scene's going i guess going okay and then they're like 
I guess I guess at some point they have to like stand on top of the <laughs> <laughs> the toilets so that their feet aren't visible aren't visible. Uh, but so that was funny. But I wasn't sure what scene they were talking about. Was there a scene with Nia and Kelly at Catco at some point? There might have been, although yeah, I guess she's downstairs. So <laughs> I was gonna be like, "What's Kelly doing in Catco?" <laughs> but but Kelly can be anywhere. She can be anything. <laughs> She's not tied down to like job roles or <laughs> or locations. <laughs> or uh, locations. That's the only thing I could think of. And maybe maybe Nia and Kara had a, a restroom scene. I I don't know. I I want to say that there is some scene where Nia is talking to someone in the restroom. Yeah, I don't remember when it when it was or what they talked about. Yeah, so there was a, a little bit of restroom talk in the panel, which was very interesting. Um, so that uh, that kind of wraps it up since we already talked about uh, actors having say in the scripts. That was kind of the last thing they talked about. So uh, so I thought the HomeCon panel was actually pretty successful. It may have started late and ended early, but it, it, the conversation kept flowing. It was moderated pretty well. The answers were delightful and insightful. So I think they kind of pulled it off. Yeah, I think that they they pulled it off pretty well. I think that they had a a good group. I think it really helped that um that group that they had on there. They're all like personal friends that like hang out. So it was a very like loose kind of fun conversation that they were all having. But the moderator I thought was really was pretty good. Yeah, and uh, I enjoyed that Nicole was basically just snacking. Just time. snacking the entire time. What was she eating? Did you ever catch what she was uh, actually? Some, some kind of chips, maybe. <laughs> I I appreciated that. It seemed really low key. Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the life we're all living now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just constantly snacking. Oh my gosh, I've had the hankering for spinach dip. So Ooh. I so I got some spinach dip. And I just feel like now I'm made of spinach dip is the thing. I just have eaten so much spinach dip uh, and also pimento cheese. Uh, so if if you're wondering, I think I'm made of pimento cheese now. So I appreciated that the snacking was happening during the panel. It seemed very relatable. I appreciated it. Uh, so despite the fact that HomeCon uh, had a pretty terrible website, <laughs> and it wasn't really organized well at the beginning. I have to say they did an okay job. The panels at least were good. I would say despite the fact that we had many questions about home con, many of which never got answered. Uh, <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I kind of wish n now that uh, that I did those two, I kind of wish that I had uh, actually remembered to uh, pop into some of the other ones. Well, and I also kind of wish maybe we had tried the Zoom, the one-on-one -on -one Zoom, but that just seemed so complicated. It did seem very complicated. I, I saw a lot of people on, um, on my Twitter feed were doing it uh and it seemed like they were all having a lot of fun and it sounds like everybody was really uh was really fun to talk to so so that's exciting for everybody who decided to do it we were like we thought about it and then we we're like eh. <laughs> yeah i guess i didn't really want to put that much effort into it but it does sound like the, the the people who did it uh had a good and enjoyable experience so i'm glad that was the case maybe we missed our chance to put that um that idea about the news gal legion and oh no! Uh, I think we we might have missed our we opportunity. might have missed our opportunity. 
Oh, now I'm kicking. Heart, my... That's heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to have to try a little harder next time uh, just to make sure that we get that out there. Um, but so, uh, yeah, so HomeCon uh, turned out to be an enjoyable experience. So good for the, the folks behind it. Would you attend HomeCon too? Um, yes. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I would attend the Electric Boogaloo. Um, but I would suggest that they work on maybe the website skills. Maybe get that website really really fine-tuned yeah just just sort of just sort of ask yourself if i'm a person who doesn't understand home con um what do i need to understand it um and then sort of develop that because we were both people who didn't understand home con and we came away from that website still not understanding home con i just felt really bad for the actors because it seemed like the actors on twitter were having to answer questions about how home con worked and i just thought that's not really their job like they should not be having to do that it should just be self-explanatory on the website you should just be able to go home con website that's all you need to know uh so that i think uh, maybe if they improve the website i think it, they're gonna knock it out of the park next time so uh hopefully they'll might be a home con too uh, it's an unfortunate circumstance that we're in right now but it was a it was a innovative idea and Maybe we're going to see more of this kind of thing uh, in the future. So we'll see if anybody does it a little differently or uh, what, what they can improve on for next time. So uh, innovative idea. I appreciate the uh, the effort into it. So um, I think it was a, a fairly, you know, a fairly good success story. Yeah, I think it was was a success. I think uh, I think it was like, you know, once it got up off the ground, it was pretty well done. I enjoyed it. Yeah, once they got to the actual live streaming of everything, that's that's when it, you know, was was really hitting on all cylinders. So before we wrap up, we saw a Supergirl version of the Choose Your Quarantine House that's been going around on Twitter. So we thought we'd uh, it might be fun to pick one. So um, this is where you have different houses. You have to pick which house you're in. So... Choose your quarantine house, Supergirl edition. In house one, you have Cara Danvers, Lena Luther, Monel, William Day, or as we say on the podcast, Comet the Superforce. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going under? Are we going under the the presumption here that he is Comet the Superhorse? I think definitely, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, to finish out, Comet the Superhorse and Cat Grant. Okay, what's what's house number two? Okay, house two. May I say, um, wh whoever created this graphic, and great idea, love it, you really stacked house one <laughs> in, in a way I don't understand. It's like the whole idea is to make this a hard decision. I've already made my decision. Okay, but, <laughs> all right, uh, house two, Alex Danvers, Ben Lockwood, Maggie Sawyer, Kelly Olson, making this an awkward house, <laughs> and John Jones. Um strong lineup a couple of duds in there uh, <laughs> and by a couple i mean one and by it, it's uh, but i mean i think putting alex with both of her girlfriends in there unless it's a big love situation is gonna get awkward for you i think the interesting part of that house is that the ben lockwood and the uh, john jones might come into conflict because you have i think the alien yeah. situation you could just like get like pop some popcorn, just sit back and like watch that play out, I guess. So I think everyone would fight each other in house two. I think house two would be, um, I, I guess I'll say this house two, not a place I want to 
B, but a reality show I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, House three, Lex Luthor, Manchester Black, James Olsen, Eve Tesmaka, and Win Shot. So, okay. So, some interesting stuff going on in House three. Kind of a hodgepodge of people. A lot of villains in there. Yeah, it does have Lex and Eve in there. Um, House four. Uh, we have the heavy hitters here. Lillian Luther, Eliza Danvers, Sam Arias, Andrea Rojas, <laughs> and Red Daughter. Mm. So we've got a lot of villains, uh, almost exclusively villains in this house, and then Eliza Danvers. I guess if it was Rain, they would put Rain in there. But is is Sam Rain in this house? Are we operating under the assumption that there's rain inside of her maybe it's um it's you sort of get like a two for the price of one in that house like sometimes she's sam sometimes she's rain because that that makes a, a big difference i think but i guess we're just going with sam like she's just sam now this house does intrigue me because we've talked many times about the scenario that would be so good of having Lillian and Eliza stuck together somewhere. Yeah. Where they had to get out of a scenario by helping each other. So I'm very intrigued by house four. That one is interesting. All right. Our final house. House five. I'm not going to pronounce. <laughs> Im Imra. Imra. Im Imra Ardine. Imra Ardine. Okay. We, we remember Imra. This is not a Carmina Burana situation. <laughs> I don't even want to think of that name. Sai, <laughs> <laughs> um, Neonal, Brainy, and Livewire. Now, respect for Livewire. Yes. The rest of this house only mildly interests me <laughs> <laughs> well i do love Cy and livewire and they could be a real uh dynamic duo there in house five i think we worked together Did, wasn't there like a an episode where all the like the villains isn't that where livewire died yes that was fort Roz season three uh i remember because it was very traumatic when livewire died i was very yeah, I wasn't ready for it. I was very upset about it. Uh, and it, it will be ingrained in my memory for all of eternity. Uh, and that was the episode where they had the, quote, dream team of Livewire, Psy, Supergirl, and Saturn Girl. So that's why Saturn Girl is in House 5 with Psy and Livewire. Ah. So I kind of like having the dream team in there. Nia and Brainy are cool characters individually, but... As a, I don't think I want to get mixed up in their whole, like, will they, won't they relationship yeah, issues. <laughs> they're, they're a little high maintenance, so I don't know that I'm I'm into that part of it. All right, so Morgan, I guess we have to, to make a choice. We have to choose our house. Now, again, love whoever did this. Mad respect. The answer is house one. <laughs> like, even with Monel in there and... um who I am assuming is Comet the Super Horse. You got like two duds. Toss them <laughs> out. You've got Cara Danvers, MVP. You've got Lena Luther getting them shoulders out. You've got Cat Grant. Like, who more do you need? <laughs> I think I would just, I would choose it for the Cara, Lena, and Cat. I think. I, I really, that, that is tough. And I, I did like Monel. Is it beard version of Monel? Because that could change the equation. <laughs> that does change things quite a bit. This is also, is this Monel who is married to Saturn Girl? Or is this Monel season two Monel? I don't know. Because that also affects my answer. 
Because if he's still married to Saturn Girl, I don't want him hitting on Kara. Because he's definitely going to do that if he's in House 1. <laughs> he's definitely going to do that regardless. I think we just have to <laughs> we just have to roll with those punches. Maybe we could operate under uh, the scenario that Monel and William would be like best friends. And they would go off and do whatever they're going to do. And then you could just pal around with Carolina and Kat. I think I think so. I think like the worst that happens is you send Monel off on like an errand to like go get groceries, and then William like you convince him to be a beautiful horse, <laughs> and then and then you just have you just have your quality time with Carolina and Kat until Monel comes back with the ice cream, and then I'm fine with it. <laughs> The ice cream and the spinach dip. <laughs> spinach. <laughs> you had me at spinach dip. Uh, I think Cat Grit would be really interested in Comet the Super Horse. And I think that could be a really, really uh, cool dynamic to see played out. I'm a little intrigued with House 4. With Lillian Luther, Eliza Danvers, Sam Arias, Andrea Rojas, and Red Daughter. Heavy hitters in there. I will, I will say, I would love to see the dynamic between... Eliza Danvers and Red Daughter because it's like you're kind of like my adopted daughter <laughs> but not also I think the uh accent game would be really strong between Andrea Rojas <laughs> and Red Daughter yes so they she could speak uh, Spanish and then Red Daughter could speak I assume Russian yeah like Kaznian Russian something like that the Kaznian dialect of what that fake country. And then like, so there could be like an inner, there's an international flavor to house four. <laughs> yes. that I find intriguing. I am so conflicted because I do love Kara and I do love cat and I miss cat so much that I really want to pick house one, but also the Lillian Eliza thing is something I really want to see on the show. I think I'm going to pick house four. Nice that's that's a strong choice <laughs> oh that's i mean it's not necessarily a snap judgment but i feel like it almost was a little bit i feel like we went on a journey with these houses <laughs> <laughs> we visited each house uh and on one at least one house i took a step in the door shook my head and left <laughs> and that was house two that was house There's two. no way i'm st i'm getting stuck with alex maggie and <laughs> kelly <laughs> no no <laughs> I, house three i don't really Part of it seems a little boring. I mean, you've got Lex and even there mixing some things up. Although Manchester Black, you know, he would probably fix a lot of afternoon teas. Yeah, you you would have so many teas. I feel like it would be um, immaculately decorated with so many of uh, James's like um, photographs of sleeping ex girlfriends. <laughs> at first, you'd be like, "Wow, what a, what a vibe this house is," and then uh, eventually, you'd be like. Did you take a picture of me when I was sleeping? <laughs> and I would, I would probably be like, well, as long as the composition is good, it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. House three is almost a little boring to me, and I, I hate to say that because let's. Yeah, I feel Luther... like I mean, when you compare it to to uh, house one, which is the heavy hitters, house two, which is uh, definitely a daytime soap opera. <laughs> And House 4, which is probably working on taking over the world. <laughs> house 3 does seem a little bit like a, of a letdown. Like, oh, okay. James and Wayne, I guess they can bro it out. Like, James can put on his Guardian costume and then, like, 
wander around the house. <laughs> so are we, so is the premise of this that you're stuck in quarantine with these people, right? So yes. Lex at some point, like a couple of days in, would probably try to get out and would would have some sort of scheme. So that could maybe mix it up a little bit. That could mix it up. Flip side, you're almost definitely getting the coronavirus in that house. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. Uh, it's like, Lex, did you go out? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I touched everything, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Lex is not someone who really follows the rules and follows suggestions from the government. Uh, so I could see that being the case. Yeah, that was kind of tough. And I'm I'm sorry that we I, I saw this so late because I, I think this would have been good for our previous episode of Supergirl Radio where we talked about our quarantine questions uh, from listeners. Uh, so this I, I wish we'd had this before last week. Uh, so that we could put in the quarantine episode. Oh, and I want—I just want to give a shout out to the uh, the maker of this awesome um, this awesome uh, thought thought uh, experiment. Uh, so it is by at Loud and Fearless on Twitter. I would assume Twitter. I'm not sure. Uh, some social media platform. It was passed yeah. around on Twitter. That's where I saw it. So I'm guessing Twitter. I would guess Twitter, um, but uh, God bless. <laughs> so before we... You've done us all a great service. <laughs> so before we wrap up, though, like, should we come up with our own house? of Who, like, if we were going to make up a house of five people, Supergirl characters, what would our, what would our house look like? Oh, boy. Hmm. Okay, that's a, that's a good question. All right, so how many people do we get in our house? Five. I think we get five. Hmm. All right, I need to think but about it. But I think this should be a mix of like heavy hitters and then minor characters. Okay, I think I I think I know. Can it be? Does it have to be people? Does it have to be people who have been on the show? Uh, I think. Oh, I see where you're going. <laughs> Okay, all right, so we can change the rules a little bit just to make it exciting. So let's go under the premise that they have to have been in Supergirl's sphere in some medium, whether it be the show, comics, animated, Smallville, film, whatever it is. If if the character has been in a Supergirl story, we can do that. So, okay, my house. Um, I'm going... Car Danvers, uh, Lena Luther, Hope, mm. um, Director Bones, and oh, who is going to be my last choice? I feel like it should be, and then and then I think I'm going to round it out. I'm going to go original. I'm going to throw it all the way back. I'm going OG Kelly. Oh. <laughs> Yes. We didn't know enough about her. I can finally ask her all the questions I've been meaning to ask. <laughs> I like that. I I want to I want to say OG Kelly and Director Bones uh could be very interesting there. Uh who would I put in there? Um well, obviously Kara. Um I would probably want to put Kara and Lillian in there together. Ooh. Um I'm trying to think of season three character because I really like season three. Um, actually, could I put Kara? Oh, 
actually I might do all mothers and daughters. Kara, Lena, Lillian, Eliza, and Alora. Oh, that's a good house. Just to really spice things up. There's going to be a lot of, um, like, a lot of people regressing to their teenage selves in that house. <laughs> <laughs> like, it starts out normal, and then, like, week two, uh, car is, like, breaking a door off its handle because she's so mad when she slams it. She's like, you don't even get me mom. <laughs> and then, and then Eliza and Laura are like, who are you yelling at? <laughs> that is spicy. All right. Well, that was fun. And uh, it was indeed a good thought experiment. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. So if you'd like to contact us, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. Uh, trying to do some Sunday, some Supergirl Sunday afternoon uh, Instagram live streams. So... Uh, stop by Instagram on Sundays if you would like to chat or ask us any questions. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. And we are also on Radio Public and Podchaser. And I just want to thank all of the listeners who uh, showed up at podchaser.com to leave us some reviews, some uh, podcast and episode reviews over there. They are doing a uh, charity fundraiser for Meals on Wheels. So the premise is you go to podchaser.com and you leave a review for your favorite podcast and they will donate 25 cents per review. And then if the podcast responds to your review, they will double it. So uh, we've raised a call. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait until after the reviews for good ends to see how much money we've raised. But the listeners have shown up, and so I really appreciate that. So we're doing something good here for Meals on Wheels. So uh, thank you to everybody who has done that. Yeah, it's very awesome. Thanks, guys. We are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And you can find links to all the things I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Mark for the DC TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, or just podcasts about it, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, or classic DC TV shows, or the upcoming Swamp Thing and Stargirl shows, you can subscribe to the Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow at DCTV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid, And uh, you can find a lot of video content that I have been generating for the University of Alabama Museums over at the UA Museums YouTube channel. We've got some live streams about uh, Native American stuff, history stuff, archaeology, natural history, um, some fun things to do with your families, some, some more kid-related things. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of stuff uh, with my job and we're putting out a lot of educational content. So uh, just putting a plug in here for UA Museums. If you are a parent who is now finding yourself in the position of teacher and homeschool teacher, uh, if you need some stuff to do with your kids, 
uh, check out UA Museums because we're doing a lot of uh, educational things over there. Uh, and if uh, you wanted to maybe go to the UA Museums YouTube channel and subscribe, that would be uh, also great. And you'll never miss any of the videos that we put out because you will just get notifications for it. Uh, so that's it for my uh, UA Museums plug. Uh, but I'm really proud of the things that we're doing over there. I think it's really cool because uh, I'm taking all of the experience I have with Supergirl Radio and I'm imparting it to the people I work with. And we're basically creating five episodes of podcasts a week, which is awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's been pretty cool. You were totally ready for it. I was like, this, this is what I do. Why is this so familiar? <laughs> you sent one of your coworkers of a 60-page Google Doc and they were like, what's happening? <laughs> I, I have sent them Google Docs. Um, Amazing. But, yes. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. Uh, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. I believe that's still coming back in a week. But, mm. you know, who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. We'll all find out together, won't we? Um, you can also, I also did a recent uh, guest appearance on um the podcast gay gals watch where uh i was on there before a couple weeks ago before we all quarantined down to talk about legends of tomorrow and supergirl but this time since there was nothing on um the television we just talked about what we've been watching during quarantine which is almost exclusively what i would like to call trash television <laughs> things like tiger king and love is blind uh so if you so if you've really been wanting to like hear a discussion about like what are those shows and why are we watching them and what are we doing to ourselves <laughs> you can you should look up that episode uh just we there was a little bit of a tie-in in, in that um as part of this podcast process um uh danny and devin were watching love is blind and tiger king which i had both watched independently with no prompting uh because that <laughs> because I love it. Uh, but I was like, well, I feel like I should give back in some way. So I committed to watching Batwoman, which is oh. a different tier of quality. Yes. But, uh, but, but, <laughs> but I was like, okay, I will, if you watch this trash, I will watch Batwoman. <laughs> and, uh, and so we did have some discussion about Batwoman. I'm almost, almost caught up now. I think wow. I'm on like episode like 12. Wow. Yeah. It starts slow, but then I really got into it. The, the, um, main villain uh, on that show which is uh rachel scarston who i think was one of the people who put together home con so there yes. is a connection uh she's the best she's like, really good in a, that part such a good villain yeah. uh i would honestly just watch like the tales of alice so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i basically when i i you're way ahead of me now about one because like i said i only met, i only uh watched two episodes so but the episodes i watched i was like i would just watch it for hours like this is why i'm here so maybe one of these days i'm gonna catch up as well but uh that's that's awesome uh i did watch tiger king uh because the internet just would not stop talking about it and so uh i loved it that's the kind of stuff that i'm into the like the sort of the documentary series uh that i'm so fascinated by documentaries and how they are created and i was really shocked and it should come as no surprise by any to anybody who's listened to, uh, listened to Supergirl Radio for a, a certain amount of time. I was captivated by the cult angle. Oh, there's so much cult stuff in there, right? Like they're basically all running 
like a, a modified version of a cult. <laughs> like, like no, everybody's working like like a hundred hour weeks, and nobody's sleeping. And then there's like kind of like a a big love situation where everybody's married. <laughs> they they <laughs> to make each them other. they make them change their names. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I forgot when they made them change the names. Like the one guy, the one guy has two husbands. The other guy like only seems to exclusively hire like 17 year old girls and make them change their names and like get breast implants and wear so many, so many cheetah cat, prints. Cat prints. Yeah. Uh, and, and they seek out the, the people who are vulnerable in their lives I mean, it's yeah. it's just like classic cults. Classic cults. Uh, <laughs> it's and... really the great all like cults greatest hits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just I thought that that was really uh, that was something I did not expect. I knew there was like a like the idea that oh did this guy put out a hit on this lady who was trying to shut him down? Like I knew that going into it was was the the basic idea of the show but like there is so much more it's like every episode you're like how is there another level to this like how is he running for governor now <laughs> like how is he running for president there's just so it's like layer up there's just like a, it's like a, a an onion of craziness i guess my big question is rebecca do you think did did uh did the cat lady did she kill her husband allegedly okay so this is spoiler territory for anybody who has not watched <laughs> if tiger you king. have to watch tiger king spoiler alert <laughs> you should watch it it's delightful trash <laughs> i find it suspicious that a woman who is uh grieving over her husband that she would cut his children out of things that she would um uh, act the way she did after it was all over and that now she uh you know she she kind of um did everything that a newly rich person would do i i i would have more sympathy for her if she you know continued to reach out to his kids and his family and uh just really invested uh the money back you know in, in good ways but she kind of it was very self-indulgent i think the way she handled a lot of her stuff uh so i have suspicions i don't think she's entirely clean in that whole thing because didn't he say, i know this is becoming like tiger king radio <laughs> but at least it's at the end of the podcast where you can skip if you want you to. can you can really stop listening at this point if you're like they're not talking about supergirl anymore <laughs> um, but there was that whole bit that was very suspicious about that. The, the husband told the guy, like, if, if I pull this off, it's going to be like the greatest thing I ever do in my life. Like he was, he was going somewhere. He was doing something. Well, how about like the fact that she was like out the night that he disappeared, like at three o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. That's not normal. I can't remember what her, like what the alibi was, but it was very thin. It was just like, oh yeah, just picking up some groceries, just getting some milk. <laughs> yeah, and she would have the knowledge that she would know how those tigers operate and that if, say, one of them ate a human being, <laughs> there would be no way to find out who did it because the tiger would just have taken... It's very 
shady. There's just, I mean, there's just so many levels. There's like, I just keep flashing back on her, like her wedding pictures to her, her new and current husband where she's, they're like on the beach and she's like in a, I think she's like in a tiger print dress or something or a white dress. And he's in like a weird Bam Bam costume with like a <laughs> collar. It's, there's a lot happening in this show is all I can say. Yeah, she seemed to, uh, in her first marriage, have a lot of problems where she was trying to get out of it and she couldn't get out of the marriage. And she had that whole diary that the Tiger King apparently got hold of. And then now in this new situation, this new marriage, the second husband, she seems to have a lot more power over him. I know I'm really analyzing and judging these people, but I'm just I'm <laughs> telling you what I see. Uh it seems like she is now more in control of everything. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's a very interesting look into the, the lives of these people. Cause nobody is really clean in that story. And somehow they get involved with like these Scarface kind of like, uh, Las Vegas mafia people. Uh, that was an, another angle that happened in there. It was just, uh, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> It was a lot. It was so much. So much was happening in that show. <laughs> and, but very enjoyable. Loved watching it. Uh, but yeah, lots going on. So um, I highly recommend it. It doesn't take very long to watch. And uh, I got into it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's hard to look away from that show. Like once you're, <laughs> once you're in, you're in. Well, I mean, now that I've dug into uh, trash TV during quarantine, maybe I'll uh, investigate Love is Blind. I mean, that that could be the next one. It is. It. I, I found myself uh, like just kind of addicted. <laughs> like I would be like, oh, God, I'm going to I think I'm going to watch like three of these in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw recently that you uh, were into Nailed It. Oh, my God. Yes. Nailed It. I love that show. That's that's one of the all time grades. Yeah. My brother introduced me to Nailed It and it made me feel feel so much better about my cooking skills like the people who are on nailed it literally can't even read um like baking instructions <laughs> they're like they're just like putting in they're like i'm just gonna eyeball it no you can't you can't <laughs> just eyeball what are you doing <laughs> they're already supposed to be like these amateur bakers who do this stuff presumably they bake sometimes like how do you <laughs> It's a, the uh, the final products of what come out of that oh, are so funny, uh, incredible. <laughs> they look nothing like what they're supposed to look like, uh, and sometimes they don't taste very good either. Uh, so that's also a quality, uh, I guess, reality TV show. Um, if you're looking for something else to watch, uh, so yeah, uh, trash TV might be on my radar. Uh, coming up since i've got a long time to wait for supergirl maybe i should uh start a new show <laughs> all right well now that we've uh talked about things nobody cares about uh, <laughs> i think that's gonna do it for this week's episode of supergirl radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson i'm still morgan glennon hey and congrats HomeCon. your website wasn't super friendly and it took us a while to figure out exactly which charity you were supporting although i'm <laughs> really pulling for the people with the wolf th therapy <laughs> Me too. HomeCon actually did seem to be pretty successful. So congratulations on the first HomeCon. Good job, HomeCon, and many more. <laughs>